Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Juna. You're listening to So I Got to Thinking. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with the exclusive Sex and the City Apartment immersive pop-up presented by HBO. Gather your closest friends and head down to Covent Garden in London for a celebration of the iconic HBO series Sex and the City, which is releasing on Blu-ray for the first time. You'll have the opportunity to visit the pop-up installation inspired by Carrie Bradshaw's famous New York brownstone apartment, reliving the friendships and fashion that first graced our television screens over 20 years ago. The HBO Sex and the City apartment immersive pop-up will be at Carriage Hall, Floral Street, Covent Garden on the 11th and 12th of December. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly Sex and the City podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. This week, as ever, you're listening to Juno Dawson, Dylan B. Jones and our special guest this week, writer Tommy Doe. Hi, Tommy. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. We're very excited. Well, I'm very excited. I'm fangirling I'm slightly. I'm excited as well. Your... Don't steal all the excitement. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, well, we both, in fact, love your notorious Sex and the City TikTok and Instagram videos that you did. Was that during lockdown you did Yeah, this? it was during lockdown. Um, of course, everyone, I had so much time on my hands, so I was like, you know, why not? And uh, I, I started rewatching Sex and the City from the beginning, which it's yeah. so, it's so good. I forget how good it is. I'm obsessed. And so when I got the email to do a Sex and the City podcast, any Sex and the City podcast, I will, one I'm so excited for. I'm so excited. Thank you. So, so if, if you did not check out Tommy's content during lockdown, I, I, I can't help you. I don't know what you were doing with your lockdown. Like, <laughs> just put things into perspective. But it's such a genius idea. So you have basically inserted yourself into Carrie's dramas. Where did the idea even come from? Um, when I when I when I restarted it, I just realized how loud she was. She just is always <laughs> she she has like a yell. She always screams, and um, I was I was wondering about her neighbors, and so I just kind of inserted myself into um, her home life and um, pretended that I was her neighbor. So, it's particularly yeah. particularly um, the squirrel scream is the most piercing, I think, when she sees the squirrel. <laughs> it's really wild. I mean, I, I can only imagine on set when they're shooting it, like the crew is just like bracing themselves for, and her voice must be so rasp after take four. She, I mean, you know, she, 
that's not a one take thing. She's just she, that thespian SJP. She's well trained. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we're on season four, episode fourteen, all that glitters, um, where the ladies go to. Uh, do I get? Do I get to have you know, a pot synopsis? Oh my god! I yeah. never do the do pot synopsis. Um... <laughs> oh my god! This is all our all our long time listeners will be freaking the fuck out as everything is backwards and upside down. And yes, I do. I have a delicious potted synopsis. Um, Amazing. Carrie and Aiden are just living what at the time I thought was relationship goals in that they KFC in bed. Um, and I thought this was really aspirational. The idea that I could lure a man to my bed to get grease on my bed sheets. Um, I thought that was beguiling. Um, but Carrie frets because she hasn't been out clubbing with her mates for a while. Or she hasn't seen them in a while or whatever. So she decides that they're all going to go clubbing and they go to trade and shirtless gay heaven um, where Samantha encounters the joys of MDMA um, in the toilets. Um, Charlotte meets Anthony Marantino again and manages to blag her way into, is it, what is it, Herman Garden magazine or something? Yeah, Herman Garden. House, House and yeah, Garden, home, yeah. home and Garden. I forgot. And what else is happening? Miranda doesn't have all that much to do. Have I forgotten what Miranda did? Oh, she outs her colleague. She outs her colleague. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I'm forgetting the, with <laughs> it. And then yes, oh my god, and that bitch. And yes, and she comes across. Sorry, I watched this last night, so a whole 24 hours has passed. Yeah, she she comes a cropper of bitch <laughs> firm, um, and dress down, dress down Fridays are under threat. <laughs> How was that for my first potted synopsis? It was good, yeah. It was very Thanks. it was very Thanks. organic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It is pure organic synopsis. 100% vegan as well. You use the word beguiling and I'm obsessed. <laughs> like that word just I it's She's a writer. I love she's a writer, it. Tommy. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a writer. <laughs> so romantic, <Yeah>. beguiling. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what should we tackle first? We normally start with Carrie. Go on, um, go on, Dylan. You're in charge. I need to. I'm, I have to let Dylan be in charge. I'm not coping with not being in charge. <laughs> Dylan, take charge. <laughs> so, I mean, what did we think, firstly, of Carrie? And what do we think of Carrie's bandana armband? Well, you know, I I think in relation to everything, like uh, this episode, in relation to the whole series, I think it's like a good spot. Like we know what to expect from the girls. The writers know what to expect from the girls. It's like this, uh, their, their dialogue is super nice, like really fast and quick, but we, we, it has a nice rhythm to it. Um, and the fashion, I think, for me at this point, an armband that is what, if you're just watching the episode, you're just like, oh, that's a little psychotic. But we've been, we've been, <laughs> I think, numb. I'm just numb now to like her choices. So I'm just like, no, great. Yeah, wh- whatever she feels sure. great. Good. <laughs> sure. I wondered genuinely, yeah. is it an homage to the hanky card? Like she knows she's going gay clubbing. Is this Carrie attempting to create like a hanky for straight cisgender ally in a queer space. <laughs> like, what's the hanky for that? Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Oh. I, you know, probably that Patricia Field. She knows. She knows how to. She knows how to signal. Oh yeah, Patricia knows. Um, for sure. Is it the same? From is it the same handkerchief or for, uh, is it the Hermes handkerchief that uh, she wore for coulda shoulda woulda? Do you remember when she like had a handkerchief on her? I think 
That might be the same one. I think so, She has yeah. a bunch. It could be. Dylan loves the bandana, so I'm assuming oh, Dylan yeah. really, really enjoyed the bandana. Yeah, I do love a bandana. And like I've said before, the most iconic bandana, possibly in television, is um, Samantha's Chanel bandana in season, is it season five, where it's like flowing down to her waist that she wears. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. yeah. But, um, there will yeah. be no more iconic bandana moment than that. And then I think she has a bunch when she has cancer in season six as well. Samantha, yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Is is the the one where she wears to Richard's party and then she throws the melon through the Correct. Window. Yes, that is the most one, iconic yeah. headscarf. Yeah. And practical. Iconic, Keep it keeping iconic. the sun off the back of her neck, which is where you would get sunstruck. So really, she's a very I, smart I, woman. <laughs> I wonder if we need to talk about the rights and wrongs of now i was gonna say straight cisgender women going to queer spaces but just four weeks ago samantha was in a lesbian relationship um now so this is the thing so we we have a bunch of women cis women going into a queer space we have a so we don't have trade in london we had until quite recently a similar um, space called XXL, which was really gross. It was a men-only environment. I wouldn't even be allowed in. Um, they wouldn't even let in cis men in drag. I seem to remember there was an outcry. Really? Yeah. So yeah. I want to know, like, are you are you a New Yorker, Tommy? I live in LA now, but I went to school in New York. Yes. So do you you know would trade have let women in? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There isn't. I don't. I don't recall any spaces where they don't let women in. Um, hmm. As I think the I think the cultural like an annoyance to like a bachelorette party in a gay bar is just the the sheer fact that sometimes maybe they are um, disrespectful in the, I don't in the amount of like energy they're taking up or the amount of space they're taking up in that space. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I go with my girlfriends to gay bars all the time. <laughs> I mean, oh. yeah, it's, it's not, I don't think I've ever been in a space where women aren't allowed. Cause that's, I mean, that's, you know, XXL in London was really important in my understanding of myself. Cause never have I felt so alien in a space. And that was, it was literally in the couple of years before I started my transition. So it was kind of like a Dardalano meme. I don't belong here. And it was, you know, when you're just like, yeah, this is, you know, no, it was ridiculous. I've always found as well that my, you know, back in the day, pre-transition, my straight cisgender girlfriends liked going to gay venues because Mm -hmm. they felt they could let their hair down. They weren't going to get poured. They weren't going to get chatted up. They could just dance to girls aloud and not worry about predatory men. Um, Right. However... I think the conversation has now turned and I read a really great thing and it's in this month's Attitude magazine if you're if you've got a copy handy it's with a drag queen from Birmingham called Fat Butcher and that is a British (laughs) cultural reference Tommy we have a very iconic soap character called Pat Butcher and Fat Butcher is a large drag queen like a plus-size drag queen and they were saying that increasingly they're having issues with straight cis women and consent and in particular, these women grabbing them and like 
putting hands all over their body and touching their chest and touching their ass. And so it's interesting then that the reason that I think some women came into queer spaces has become the problem with women in queer spaces. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. That mm. really is interesting. I was going to say, because I was thinking about how the ladies behaved in the episode and they were like, they were okay. Like they were pretty respectful, I thought. I, w- I was a bit unsure about like Samantha at the urinal, <laughs> like, like looking at all of them. I was a bit like, I'm not sure how I'd react. <laughs> so if, if it was Kim Cattrall, obviously I'd be like, oh, hey. Um, yeah, but would you but, want to um, show her your dick is really the problem. Um, when she seems to be checking I mean, out their genitals. Right. I mean, I pers- I personally wouldn't mind, but I understand that a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> would you mind Kim Cattrall looking at your genitalia? Answers on a postcard. <laughs> I think I'd be shy. I don't. I don't think I'd be able to go to the bathroom. I'd be like, "Hi, Kim. How are you doing? What's going? <laughs> what's ha- what's happening? Do you know? I'd, I'd be shy. Pre-transition." I could not use urinals for that reason. I could not wear mm-hmm. urinals. I always liked a cubicle. Um, I was I was that weird person who would queue for a cubicle, not even to do drugs, just to use the toilet. I'm the same way. It's the trough situation. I don't really understand. I'm not a fan of the trough. Mostly because of the backsplash. It's not really... Um, <laughs> it's not a fantasy. The backsplash is not the fantasy. It's not the fantasy. It really... Yeah, I... I'm weird like that and, and that I don't want a bunch of my own pee back coming at my face. But I mean, I'm <laughs> that is <laughs> Some people do. That I is don't weird. Know. Why not? Some, yeah. some, Why a not? self-golden shower. Yeah, yeah, like a golden shower yeah. for one. There's nothing wrong with it. Just not my, you know, what I would order at the restaurant, but <laughs> Yeah. So I do I think it's lovely to see Charlotte having a lovely time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did love the bit where all of a sudden all the men just start making out with each other around her because that was, and, and I'm sorry, that was something I was guilty of back in my clubbing heyday as well, which is I would go out and I'd be like really bored and I'd say to my girlfriend, like, do you want to come out? It's going to be really good fun and we will just go out and we will dance and it's going to be so much fun and it's going to be like Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion and then like the clock would strike 12 and she would be dead to me and I would just go on the pole <laughs> and I'd be like bye and like oh, I was such a nightmare child like I like to know I would not do that Dylan have you also abandoned your female friends in the quest for dick yeah I have yeah. um I've been really bad with that before um but it serves them right for using me as an accessory no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no I'm kidding all my all my female friends absolutely would be mortified to to th- they, they're so not that um but yeah I've totally done that and it's something that I I'm glad to say I haven't done like in the last two or three years no um, and and I, I think, think I, I got to the stage as well where if you just gone out with one girlfriend, you can't abandon them. It's just not safe. Mm-hmm. It's just not safe. They mm-hmm. might be murdered. So. Yeah. yeah. So young young gays, if you are taking your female friends out clubbing, don't leave them when you find a shag. Put them in no. an Uber. Oh, the least you can do is get them an Uber. The very yeah. least, get them an Uber. Yeah, I did. I mean, when I was younger, I did that once, and um, some my friend who is much older than me like really yelled at me and was like, "That it's so dangerous." You don't really think about like the dangers of like someone. And you're like, Ooh. "Oh yeah, you're right." Like they're in a space that they're not comfortable in. So at least put them in an Uber. 
at least. At the very least. I remember Charlotte Charlotte said we don't I feel like we don't belong here. Um which she's kind of I mean, that was kind of woke could be like woke Charlotte coming in a bit and being like realizing <laughs> that they <laughs> realizing they don't belong in the space. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's very respectful. Like she everything she does is she's very conscious of like how the people are around her. So I really think that she she understands that the space isn't hers. I'm amazed they got her <laughs> through the door. I'm like amazed they managed to convince Charlotte to go to trade with them. Um, and also Miranda, <laughs> who who is quite prego now. So um, yeah, well well done, Carrie. Yeah. I think maybe they only got Charlotte because she was fighting with Trey. Like she was in like they were fighting all day, right? So that was probably what got her out of the house. Um, mm. the club the clubbing feels like a plot device because we need to meet Oliver Spencer. Um, with um, Jackson oh, Cox, yeah. Jackson Cox Four. It was well, Jackson Cox Four, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Murray Bartlett. Um, recent audiences might recognise Murray Bartlett from White Lotus and Looking, the Andrew Haig series. But long mm. before, when White Lotus was just a tiny bud, um, he was here <laughs> as Oliver Spencer, as Antipodean gay about town Oliver Spencer. Who works? He, I think he works for. Well, he's a shoe shoe buyer. Mm-hmm. That's Dis- yeah, yeah, distributor. Yeah. Distributor. Yeah, and then um, and then Carrie says it would be cruel to kid me. <laughs> and and he loves he loves Carrie. Her her column is his New York survival guide. Um, right. Yeah. What did we think of Oliver? I think at the time. So remember when I was first watching this. I was a 19-year-old queer kid from West Yorkshire who had never actually had a boyfriend at this point. Not a serious one, anyway. And I was mm. scandalised that he had a boyfriend back home but was still allowed to sleep with other men. <gasps> right. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. The shock, the horror. The shock yeah. of that. The shock it's... of um, monogamy... Non-monogamous relationships, really, it really, that threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, cool, what? Okay, is that allowed? Is that a, is that a lawful thing? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> so Juno and I have discussed before my, um, my open relationship, um, and we said before that it's interesting that Sex and the City doesn't really go there with any of, not in a major plot point way anyway. Um, and I thought it was interesting that this was like, like sort of how intrigued Carrie was by it as like a new concept. Whereas now it's kind of pretty par for the course, isn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah, that was, that was just interesting that she kind of muses on it. And in fact, it forms the question, doesn't it this week? Mm, the question is... that we have to answer this week is to be a couple, do you have to put your single self on a shelf? Um, I think this is a good question. Actually, I think some of Carrie's mm. questions are absolute bullshit. I think this one, <laughs> I mean, some of them are, but this this one actually makes sense. And I think it is a question that a relationship columnist should be asking. Um, and yeah, this is, I believe, the one and only time open relationships are even discussed. Mm-hmm. I was shocked, not because the concept is shocking, but because we don't see polyamory discussed in the mainstream media. And when it is... Right. It's portrayed as being something quite freakish, like in Big Love, I guess, the mm-hmm. the HBO Mormon series where Bill Pullman has loads of wives. Um, and so 
the idea that normal handsome Australian shoe distributors would have more than one partner was shocking to me as a teenager just because I hadn't seen it and then obviously as I moved to Brighton and then London I realized actually queer couples seem to be way ahead of straight couples Mm -hmm. in recognizing the fundamental truth that we can't expect one person to give us everything for the rest of our lives and the problem is I've been so fed on happily ever after and you know you will meet one prince charming and that one prince charming will satisfy your every whim for (sighs) forever it's a lie and and that that is it's a problem and i and i think it's a, de- a dangerous like cuz i think it leads people to enter quite unhealthy relationships so mm-hmm. actually now as a, as a grown up oliver is a rare example of i think dare i say it great representation i don't think work charlotte is going to have any problems with the oliver character yeah that's true he's like nice and sociable and like yes he does like piss carry off when they're at the um What's it called? Bungalow A. Club A or something. Bungalow, Bungalow A. Yeah. You need a key. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and But yeah, I mean, he's just kind of living his best life, really, isn't he? And I kind of found that, I found that scene quite satisfying because I was like, that'll show you, Carrie. Like, not everything's about you all the time. <laughs> and then, right. of course, the instant, the instant that it isn't about her, she really doesn't like that and, like, runs off home. Um... But yeah, the open relationship. What do you think, Tommy, about that? Like, um, on the inclusion of it in Sex and the City and in like TV now. You know, the idea of being in a monogamous relationship is is fine if both parties are like, that's what I need, or that's how I see a relationship. Oh, totally. That's what I need to feel fulfilled. Um, but there are there needs to be that kind of conversation. I think the expectation of just monogamy is so hostile and act of violence like you you need you need uh, to be able to have an open dialogue about what each other needs um like i've been in monogamous relationships where the other person definitely needs just to be and, and that's how they view a successful relationship um i'm in one now where we have conversations about you know we're we're a couple but we're still individual people and we still have needs and so it's very much an open dialogue of like what um where each other is lacking and um where i can maybe what i can fulfill what i can't fulfill and all of those things so we are in a sort of open relationship in the way of like we um we hang out with other people together i think that's what um, we've come to agree on. Um, but, you know, that is a constant dialogue. That's something we talk about a lot. And it's something that if you don't have that, uh, the openness to talk about that stuff, it's very, it's very, um, that, that that's when things like get really bad, I think. That's when things get, people start resenting each other and all that stuff. Um, so I think that... Um, it's great to see some progressiveness in the Sex and the City world, I think. But it's also, I feel like Sex and the City is kind of a reflection of, like, um, like all the women are different reflections of what the writers tried to boil down to four women. Do you know what I mean? And then so mm-hmm. it was a reflection of, like, monogamy in a larger sense. So I think monogamy, and this could very well be because, you know, it could be like a Catholicism thing. 
of why um, polygamy is seen as so like freakish is because it's so not part of the Catholic Church. Um, it's interesting, I think, because I'm now running through my internal Rolodex of examples of polyamory in the media. And the only one, weirdly, that I can think of is looking the Andrew Haig series with Murray Bartlett, where he, the mm-hmm. two guys are in an open relationship, but then it gets complicated. And they kind of look at the sort of the, the nuances of having an open relationship. Queer as folk. Did the American version of Queer uh, as folk have an open relationship? Did the L word have an open relationship? I, I don't, don't know consume gay media. I don't watch gay media. I don't watch queer. No. Um, I think they did. Uh, truthfully, mm. I think they did. Yeah. Because I've never um, seen, so this is where I fess up, I've never seen the American queer as fuck. I just, I felt I didn't need it. I had seen the British version. I did not need the American version <laughs> in my life. And I just went straight to the right. L word because we hadn't had a British L word. Um, okay, okay. So I'm not sure. I think I, th- I think it's sad that that's not more weight. You know, most of the queer couples I know have some sort of open relationship-ness to them. Right. Um, I hope they are going to be discussing it in I'm Just Like That. And I hope if they discuss it in and I'm Just Like That, that it's done in a way that isn't, ooh, swingers. Because that's usually how it right. ends up with, if it's going to be straight couples, it's like, oh my God, they swing and it's, they're like really kinky because they swing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I think we need to normalize open relationships with, with cis straight people. It's so Try fascinating it, because... I have a lot, I do, I work with a lot of straight couples um, and it's fascinating because I can see there's a, there's a divide between some, the, the constraints of being a monogamous relationship and the rigidity of that, but also their like need to have that in order to define or feel valid. Mm. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Like they, they, it's almost like it's this love hate relationship with with rigidity or with monogamy it's they 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 need it to define themselves and it's almost like um obviously not not everyone thinks this um i want to preface this with that everyone thinks this this is a sweeping generalization that applies to every single human ever all of us but a lot of um a lot of the people that i know i know like the kind of the the cast the people that you're talking about tommy and I think a lot with with that, it's almost seen as like a challenge that the, the, you know, they need to like prove themselves to achieve it. And it's like, why challenge yourself? Like, if it's a challenge, explore other options. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's the idea of success, maybe, or people people can't define success for themselves or happiness for themselves, so they have the benchmarks that society provides for them. I'm not a doctor. Mm. I'm not a therapist in any way. In fact, I'm a college dropout. <laughs> so <laughs> all of what I'm saying is bullshit, so do not listen to no, me. No, I think there's something but, to it. I think there is. And I think, I think you're right. pur- purity mm. around women as well. I think there is a reason that characters like Oliver are able to have open relationships on television but characters like Carrie can't. And that's because whereas Oliver is a man about town, Carrie mm-hmm. would just be a whore, you know? She would just be a slut right. who's sleeping with two men. My God, she kisses Aiden once in Dubai and has to confess mm-hmm. to Big. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like there, there is such a different, you know, she would be chased out of town with a scarlet letter. And so I think that's why when, when 
straight cis couples have open relationships it kind of goes into this you know I mean bless them you know some of my friends go to like torture garden once a Mm -hmm. month in London so they can kind of like put on some PVC and you know it's like I'm just like oh god that's such a lot of work you know just why all the dressing up to become and almost like you have to become a different character in order to do it kind of and I'm like oh god that's hard work Mm -hmm. but um but at the same time I just can't be asked with having an open relationship but I think the important thing is my husband and I we talked about it really Mm -hmm. early like really early on in our relationship and I was just like oh god you know if you, if you want to I wouldn't be mad at you but then he was like the reason I really like being with you is because I don't have to troll the world looking for other people to sleep with and I'm like cool then there we are then <laughs> sorted amazing Great. um yeah. um and and all's well that ends well but I quite like we've answered half of Carrie's question there because for people in open relationships no you do not have to put your single self on a shelf because you can have all the fun of sleeping with random strangers while also eating KFC in bed with John Corbett and rubbing his tummy when he has too much KFC. <laughs> and his oily, his oily dad bods. Oh, so <laughs> sexy. Do you know, even with his poorly tummy, I still fancied John Corbett. Um, I think, he's hot. Oh, he's so hot. Thank you for joining yeah. the, the powerful sexiness of John Corbett Club. Yeah, um, I'm an Aiden fan for sure. Mm. He's kind of a jerk in that he's like um, unopinionated. Do you know what I mean? It's like just do something. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Slap yeah. me. But um, I think that he's hot. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, and I understand why he doesn't want to go clubbing. Um, that's not his gig. And I think somewhat, for example. Before we go to break, a little anecdote from Juno's life. I know we all enjoy them. Especially that one person on Twitter who messages us every week to scream at us about how we talked about our own lives and not the show. But they listen every week, yeah. so... Yeah. Thanks for listening, <laughs> so I guess. Thanks for listening and then You're hating it. You're doing something, it. right? Thank yeah. you. Every listener counts. But, um... um really, Ellen, Max, Max has been to one, like, literary publishing-y party. And it was in 2018... Um, we'd only been going out a little while and there was this amazing moment where we both just realised I don't really like having my boyfriend at professional events and he realised I hate this. <laughs> and so we've never done it again. So that's He's, great. Yeah, we've that's never great. done it again. I go off, I put on my little dress, I put on the heels, I go, I hang out with Dylan and Chris and all my fabulous London friends and then I go back and Max has eaten the chicken and I rub his tummy. And I totally understand Carrie and Aiden's relationship. But unlike Carrie, I have no desire for Max to join me in trade. That's a gorgeous love story. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks. <laughs> gorgeous. Thanks. Let's go to break. We'll speak to you in a couple of minutes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. We're on season four, episode 14, All That Glitters, discussing the ladies' venture into gay nightlife. Um, and that is kind of the main crux of the episode, isn't it? That's kind of what spurs all the all the things that happen, including Samantha, <laughs> like, really hectically tumbling out into the street after a night on ecstasy, which I was obsessed with. Like, with all of her mascara running and, like, saying, can I get a fucking cab? Um, that was one of my favourite scenes. That was amazing. I, I like <laughs> the idea that, as well, ecstasy is a very dangerous drug. Not because potentially it could kill you if you accidentally take PMA or something. But because she has, while high on ecstasy, um, as as is often the case, she's really, really feeling the love. Um ecstasy listeners do not we are not encouraging you to do ecstasy officially we are not encouraging you to do mdma (laughs) it's a dangerous dangerous drug as samantha points out because you might tell someone that you love them in fact you will definitely tell someone that you love them i once heard of a woman (laughs) (laughs) i once heard of a woman who did some ecstasy (laughs) in a club and she told her best friend's boyfriend who she hated that she loved him. So it is. It's a oh, dangerous no. drug. It's a da- it will make you lie well, to people. Next time you see her, in fact, I think I might know who you're talking about, and I think I listened to her podcast. Okay. <laughs> next time, next time you see her, just warn her. Tell her to watch this episode of Sex and I City. will. I will pass. I will pass it on. <laughs> just I heard she only did half a pill as well. So. <laughs> oh, Even wow. half a pill. <laughs> Is it very dangerous? And yes, yeah, so in in the show this week for that one listener on Twitter who hates us, um, Samantha does some ecstasy in the club and she tells Richard that she loves him. And of course, this is a boo boo because Richard is notoriously hard to get, right. and she thinks she's fucked up. And then he doesn't say it back, and it's a whole big thing. I was surprised that Samantha, because Samantha says sex on X is supposed to be amazing, and I was like, has she not had? I was I was surprised she hadn't already had sex on ecstasy. Um, I'd have thought she'd be more than au fait yeah. with, um, with 
chemsex. I mean, oh my God, Samantha has chemsex in this episode. Not for the first basically. time, because she had the Viagra sex with the guy from Lost Boys as well. Mm. That's true. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think that Samantha is someone that is open to new experiences, but maybe she doesn't seek them out in the way that like, she's like, oh, I want to try to have sex on X. You know what I mean? I don't think she would right. like venture. I think if it's in her, in her like perif, then she'll do mm. it. But I don't know if she'd seek You're right. If, if like Charlotte decided that she wanted to, she'd have like a list of all the best dealers in Manhattan and then like the times, the best times to do it and what you should, what you should drink and eat beforehand. Right. The pros and cons, <laughs> the schedule before, the schedule after. She cancels her day after because, you know, she'll come, be coming down. A, B, C, D. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Way, so I've. So I've heard. Um, <laughs> I, I think there are issues from a really boring behind the scenes. I know I work in television. There are people who work in television studios who are called compliance, the compliance department. And the idea that Samantha Jones, even on HBO, is a habitual drug user would probably get compliance mm. involved. Like, is this show setting a bad oh. example? Can we have... Because, you know, even HBO, you know, if you have a character like Rue in Euphoria doing drugs, you best believe we're going to see her end up in rehab, kind of. Um, oh. And I think at the time in the 90s, things were very, very different. I think, remember, we were in a moral panic about ecstasy. And I think we've got to put mm-hmm. this episode in context that this would have been 2001. Throughout the 90s, I can't speak for the US, but in the UK, we were in the grip of a moral panic about this new drug mm. that was killing teenagers. We all remember the name Leah Betts. That is a name that was burned on our memories forever. She was a teenage girl who died after taking ecstasy. You know, and I, I mean, when I was then later a teacher, when I was in high schools, you know, we, we'd slightly changed the tune and it wasn't like, if you do ecstasy, you will die. It was about how mm-hmm. to, it was about understanding risk management and that if you are taking any drug, you know, can you get your drug tested? Can you be sure you're taking what you think you're taking? Never leave your friends by themselves. And increasingly, you know, it's funny because at the moment we're having a new moral panic at the moment about drinks being spiked, which is mm. really interesting because mm. I remember drinks being spiked when I was in college 20 years ago. But I think sometimes that's the way moral panics works. And I think ecstasy is the iconic 90s designer drug and and right. i think this is sex and the city's way of talking about it and to be fair they don't really go into the moral panic and i think they sort of say you know well samantha literally says ecstasy is a dangerous dangerous drug right so they, right, they've kind of, yeah they've kind of they've done the moral majority bit but mm-hmm. in a way that's fun and new and doesn't feel like uh finger waggy preachy yeah 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 here right now though i think right now everyone's scared that people are uh cutting drugs and uh i don't even know um i don't i don't do drugs anymore i (laughs) i'm past (laughs) i'm past those days i i i I actually have an ex story i one new year's eve took x with a bunch of my friends having a great time new year's eve came and went it was like 4 a.m everyone's like it's it's we're done and i was like no come on let's keep it going and then i took another one. Oh no um <laughs> huge huge mistake i i i, I was up for three days mm. <laughs> i was up yeah. for a lot i you know i was i was like wow that's um a dangerous, dangerous drug. <laughs> it's interesting because we, like, it's so interesting because obviously we in the UK, we digest so much American media 
And mm-hmm. but one of the things that the real difference between the US and the UK is we're not really seeing the same issue with opioids that you see mm. in America. And it's really interesting. So much TV coming out of North America at the moment, like Ozark and Euphoria and even American Horror Story this year are looking at kind of the way that sort of fentanyl and things have, have really hit communities. And we just don't have that here. So we're, we're, yeah. we have whole different moral panics around drugs. Um, but I wonder, was there... Was there was there like a US equivalent of Leah Betts? Was there that one American teenage girl who died taking ecstasy and did she become like a pastor girl? No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think there no. I think the the main concern around here is like who's in control of um passing laws and um like big pharma is mm. a big one where mm. they, you know, prescribe very quickly and people become addicted to the prescription pills. Um, yeah. But you can't really say anything because it's like prescribed and that's like doctor, you know, um, someone who went to medical school is giving you that permission. So you can't really, you're not above that, but they're also being controlled by um, sell, like uh like drug distributors or advertisers for a specific brand name of drug mm. um, to push that. And they, they probably, and there's this thing on Netflix called uh, the pharmacist. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, uh, it's, it talks about her name is uh, Dr. It's, it begins with an A, but she was a, um, a, a doctor in God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher all of this. She was a doctor in the South, in America, and she would just prescribe left and right, oh left and right. And it came out that she was being influenced to prescribe. And it became this huge, um, people would just go to her with like random ailments in order to get prescriptions. Wow. And she would just keep passing out slips. And, and she was taking them herself, it turns out. And her brain had gone, Wow. I mean, had receded. Yeah, so... Um, it, it, that I think that is the the biggest. There is I don't know if there I can't recall if there's been a poster a person poster where it's like do not take yeah because it's funny I, I mean know. it's funny now I mean it still it still happens I think you know every every summer some poor kid drops dead at a music festival and I know again we're much more interested in harm reduction now and um, you know get your drugs tested um, yeah make sure you're you're taking what you think and the, the big one and this is the subject of my book clean one of my novels available in all good bookshops is is about a girl and usually what happens when people die of ecstasy they haven't taken ecstasy at all they've taken something called pma thinking it's ecstasy Mm. and actually pma is basically a very strong antidepressant whereas mdma is a euphoric um and so that that's the problem if if people were taking what they thought they were taking they would have probably been safe and it's probably not the first time they've taken it as well um so yeah, anyway, that's miserable. That was a, that was a detour into the world of Samantha Jones and MDMA. Um, in the end, we like we love a detour though. Richard Richard was kind of fine with it in the end. They're like together now. Yeah, he admits he admits he has strong feelings for it. All's well that ends well. Um, who mm-hmm. shall we look at next? Shall we shall we look at Dress Down Fridays or shall we do um, <laughs> the Trey and Charlotte stuff, which is actually quite I found quite moving. Sorry, I know. Yeah, we, yes. oh, I felt. Yeah. yeah, I felt bad. I felt bad for Charlotte. And a line that I actually felt quite um, sort of chilling was when Carrie's voiceover said, um, "But even th- something like even though Charlotte and Trey weren't together, girls, little girls in their mother's pearls would be looking at what they thought was the ideal life." And I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> that's quite bleak." 
that theme of smiling for smiling with pain behind your eyes is like is gorgeous it's so romantic yeah. it's so beautiful it's just something that i i try anything i ever want to make i want there to be a character that's like forcing happiness and then there's just so much pain and sadness behind there oh beautiful gorgeous and mm-hmm. <laughs> um- Little fact, fact, little fact, het. The guy who plays Anthony's boyfriend, the photographer guy from House and Country magazine, this is his second outing in Sex and the City. He was previously in the episode with the underwear party. He's the guy who. The oh, guy who. It's him? It's him playing different characters, Whoa. but it's the same actor back playing a slightly more substantial role. Um. I, I like the scene, although, yes, like Dylan says, it's quite dark that the next generation of girls are now buying the same lie that Charlotte bought when she was a little girl. Gorgeous. Trey, Trey, has, been, Trey has been so bad to Charlotte in lots of ways. Um, I love that he does this one thing for her. He gives her, like, this parting gift. And actually, later on... Trey does this again later on when he forces Bunny to lay off, when he lets Charlotte mm-hmm. keep the multi-million pound house. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like that Trey isn't a total villain. You know, he's he's been such a shit. He, you know, from day one hasn't been the best partner to Charlotte, but he gives her this one moment that she's a little dream that she's always had is fulfilled. Um, she gets mm-hmm. her town and country or whatever it's called moment. Um. And just for for one day, she gets the marriage that she thought she was getting. Um, yeah. And then obviously that's it. That that is it. There's so many like clever. I mean, maybe this is us reading too much into it, as but that's what we're here to do. There's so many like clever implications with that scene as well. Like really, what Charlotte wants is a marriage from like the pages of a magazine, and that's what she wanted her and Trey's marriage to be, and it could never be that. And like really, no marriage can ever be that. Um, but yeah, interesting. I was half I was half disappointed that Bunny wasn't in it actually, in the background, like trying to like put a mallard in the background of the photo shoot or something. A duck de- <laughs> the duck decoy. Um, the duck decoy. I, yeah. The duck decoy. It would be quite distracting in a in a magazine. But I think that's kind of. I don't. I don't know how far ahead they planned the plot lines for the characters. Mm. But then I think that's why Harry. Spoilers. We're about to get to Harry. That's why Harry is such a great character because he's a million miles from the man Charlotte thought she would end up with from the kind mm-hmm. of like the cardboard cutout handsome husband. And I think that's mm-hmm. why um, um, Harry Goldenblatt is such a great character because he challenges Charlotte's preconception of who she is and the future that she thought she would have. Um, and so I don't, I don't know at what point they were like, right, Charlotte's going to marry this guy and it's Kyle McLaughlin, and he's perfect on paper, but he has premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, and then he refuses to have IVF with her, and then he gives her a cardboard baby, and then they get divorced. <laughs> um, but then she meets this other guy who isn't like a Ken doll, but he loves Charlotte inside and out, and she loves him, and, and it all works yeah. out. But I don't, I don't know how far ahead they planned that out, but her... Her trajectory is perfect. And it's really great. The the character growth is really fabulous to see 
what she thought she wanted, go through through what she wanted, and we learned the lessons with her. We saw her learn her lessons. We saw her grow and be like, oh, I've made huge mistakes. And then um, jump her and Harry, when she decided that we were like this, we agree. We like we were on the journey with her. We felt like we oh, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's really well done. I don't again. Yeah. Do you think they planned it out that way or it depends? So normally. From my meetings in TV, they like to know that you've got three years planned out. Of course, right. if nobody tunes in, they will cancel you after one season with very little right. ceremony. So one suspects, obviously, the first season of Sex and the City was a huge hit for HBO. It did really, really well. So they must have known that they were going to be around for a while. And everybody mm -hmm. always says you usually lock actors down for six or seven years. But you kind mm -hmm. of... So one one suspects after that first season was a big hit, they did start to plan things forward, going forward. Um, certainly, if you look at the end of series three, there was some kind of a resolution there with with Carrie and Big and with Miranda and Steve and with Charlotte and Trey. They part ways at the end of series three. Um, yeah, because I remember I we said almost it almost had like show for not like the absolute end but because i said to you i wonder if they plan to end it after season three at one point because there's sort of an ending which is mm. interesting it um, could have had it been cancelled at cockadoodle do we would have always been left with transphobia <laughs> but it ends with the line <laughs> don't worry about them they, they have a very lovely life you know so it ended on such a you know, we we we, we would have been left with, with that we would have been left oh, with that. It's the, so true. It's <laughs> can you imagine? Actually, can you imagine if Carrie. that had been the last episode with Carrie screaming? Carrie screaming. Hey, you with the flower? You with the flower? You talking to me? Yeah. Wow. We ended with transphobia, cultural appropriation, but a happy right. Sure. Um. Thank but, God yes. we didn't end up. Mind you, as it is, we ended on we've ended on the Sex and the City two movie. So <laughs> no, it's and that's not the ending anymore. There's going to be more. There's more. Yes. Um, there's, there's more. more. There's going to be more now. So it's fine. We never. Have I to couldn't watch film. the movie, the second one. I you walked don't, out. Don't, I don't. Yes, that is the correct response. Correct. Um, oh. I do not think of it as part of canon. I don't. I don't. I don't think of it as part of. Sex I and think City. it was. It's, yeah. Carrie had her second dose of Moderna and it's the fever dream she had after her second dose of Moderna, frankly. That's the, the only explanation for what that film is. Let's finish with Miranda and her poor sweet yeah. gay colleague. Um, they both, they're both harbouring secrets. Miranda, for some cultural reason that I don't think we would understand in this country because we just have national maternity leave, and Miranda is really worried about revealing yeah. she's pregnant. So all I can assume is that in America, there are issues around taking parental leave. He, huge. Oh, There's okay. huge, huge issues around it. And even at the slightest idea that you might be pregnant, they look for people to like, it's like a threat to your job. It's no. illegal, wow. quote unquote, but right. it's very much like it's almost looked down upon. It's like you're celebrated in the community to have a baby and everyone, you know, you're everyone's very excited. But a lot of times it's seen as like almost like a, as a weakness. And it's like you're you're like holding us back from progress if you have a child. It's it's there are a lot of situations like that. It's really awful. 
I mean, well, really awful. So we, yeah. we, we've talked about similar things in this. I, I was once on a hiring panel when I was a teacher where a female headmistress in her 50s wouldn't appoint a 29-year-old deputy head who had just got married because, oh, she'll be having babies soon. Which right. I thought was the most astonishing thing I'd ever heard. Um, however, legally, parents are entitled to, entitled to parental leave. And one of one of my big campaigns is pushing for for both parents to get the same amount of parental leave. Because I I think that is when feminism will have truly leapt forward, when hiring a woman comes with no greater risk than hiring a man. And when we had Mm. Alice on a couple of years back, Alice Bevan Palmer, she said, we think this is the single biggest thing that we could do as the feminist movement is to make sure that both parents, whether they're both men, both women, men or women, that they are non-binary parents, um, that everybody gets the same amount of leave by law. And that way, truly, women would be protected within the workplace. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm also sad that her colleague, whose name I've completely forgotten, I want to say his name is Sam. It could be Sam. Um... I remember, I remember he's cute. That's about all. He is cute. And he, bless him, he's scared to come out at work, yeah. which is also sad. That's also really sad. Um, mm. And a, dam- yeah. a damning indictment of early noughties law firms in yeah. New York City. Yeah. yeah, your minority is kind of your liability. It's really, that is unfortunately a lot of the case. <laughs> That really that sucks. sucks. And we had, we, there was yeah. a, we did, because we had a very similar show in the late 90s in the UK called This Life. And I can't, okay. I can't remember if Warren, who is the gay one, was, and they were lawyers as well. I wonder if Warren was out. Really? No, I don't think he was, because one day he went into work with cum in his hair. And he was really scared <laughs> that that would, um, yeah. So, was it a sitcom? <laughs> it was kind of like, again, a comedy drama thing. So it was a bit like Sex okay, and City, okay. where, where Warren had a lot of dried cum in his hair and he was worried. Uh, well, I, I mean, was, God, Miranda... I've not thought about this life in years. <laughs> Miranda's had cum in her hair so she sh- at the tantric sex workshop, so she should identify with these sort of problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She outs him by accident, doesn't she, Miranda? She outs him by accident. Um, I believe, is it Fern who is trying to organise Dress Down Fridays? Who's been trying to get it past the partners <laughs> yes. for years. And finally, Dress Down Friday is here. And yes, so first of all, he so he tries to defend Miranda for being late and stuff by he, he you know, he's not trying to get her office. He's trying to get the others to cut Miranda some slack. And then Miranda says, well, how would you feel if I told everyone you were gay? And then, unfortunately, Fern is standing right behind them. And as the office gossip... God, Fern. Fucking Fern. Fuck, just fuck Fern. Fern. <laughs> Fern is a woman in pain. And I... I... <laughs> The 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 amount of pain that comes out that she's like, I finally got it approved. Finally got it approved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is so, like, whoever the actress is, like, thank you so much, because she was able to convey this <laughs> this whole, like, life story of this woman who's, like, just toiled in her law office, um, and is, like, obviously a gossip, and is terrible, but I, I, I love Fern, but, like, ironically love Fern. She is terrible, but... We've, we've all worked with I'm, a Fern. We have definitely all worked yes. with a Fern. Yes! 
Um, yes. She yeah. hasn't got a lot at home. I'm thinking about her home life now, and it's making me quite sad. Um, I think she. <laughs> yeah. de- I think she definitely has a cat. No offense, cat people. Um, I think she has <laughs> cats. Um, I think she she works late into the night. Um, she's probably yeah. part of a book group that she also micromanages, and I bet she's something of a dictator <laughs> in the book group as well. Yeah, just this these little things that people need to do to feel like they have power or autonomy over mm. themselves is just truly gorgeous. Like, yeah, it's just a small thing. You're like, if I do this one thing, then I will be happy. Oh, beautiful, Fern. Congratulations. Although, beautiful. unfortunately, Miranda's colleague right. completely fucks over Dress Down Friday because <laughs> a reason that I can't fathom he goes to Clonzo <coughs> and he buys a beautiful like mesh top and he wears it to the office. He was told to dress down. He wore his see-through top and that was the end of Dress Down Friday. I mm. like to think he knew what he was doing. He was like, I hate this. Do you think he I don't just... understand what smart casual means, so I'm going to destroy yeah. this. And Fern has it coming. Do you yeah. think he was fucking? Do you think he was really just fucking with Fern? He was like, right, I'm just gonna wear this just to make Fern take the blame. And yeah, all. but he's young. <laughs> and do you know what? When I was in my twenties, I wore some mad shit, thinking it was professional. I remember once I thought it was really <laughs> chic. It was really chic. I wore tweed trousers. Good pre-transition. Actually, this would be a serve post-transition. But pre-transition, <laughs> I wore tweed trousers with a matching tweed waistcoat. And then I wore like this shirt with like those things, you know, like those bands you put around your elbows to hold your sleeves oh, yeah. up. And I think I like looked like, old, like an old timey barkeep. And this was, this was when I was a teacher in quite a challenging school in quite a rundown area. So I must have looked yeah, like, see, you now... know, the monorail guy from The Simpsons, you know, the guy who brings the monorail sure. to town. I just needed a little mm-hmm. boat yeah. and a cane as well. Like, what was I thinking? See, now that would be quite, it would be quite sort of Gillian Anderson now. Like, quite, quite, I'm thinking Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I could, I think I would wear that now. Yeah. I need to dig that one back out. It would look really sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor Sam, um, if that is indeed your name. Poor, poor guy. Um, that's yeah. the end. It could also be one of those things where he's like, if you don't like me, I'm going to make you hate me. Which is how I yeah. was in school. I was like, oh, you don't like that I'm gay? I'm going to be fucking gay, bitch. I'm going to be a faggot. <laughs> and I'm going to make you look at this. <laughs> yeah. So it could be that too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just I get yeah. the, the thing in his head that didn't say, it is dressed on Friday, but it's still a law firm. No, yeah. It's like he did half the computation. I can wear whatever I want. It's the classic day to night, though. His outfit goes from day to night. So that's maybe he's going out later for drinks. So. Or he hasn't been home since the night before. That's, so he's well, been to trade. Go. Yeah, he's come straight from Thursday night trade because Thursday's the new Friday. So he's been out. He's been to fire down Vauxhall. And he's just come straight to the office. He's, he's washed his pits and gone, gone to the office. <laughs> Listen, in this life, you have to wear many hats. So if you have to go from trade to work, so be it. Right. Yeah. Before we finish, we need to finish. <laughs> we end by trying to answer Carrie's question. So yeah. to be in a relationship, does our single self have to go on the shelf? Go. So I think, like we were saying, like Tommy was saying before, I think not necessarily as long as everyone communicates and you can get a good, whether it's a monogamous relationship or an open relationship and you can get a good balance of 
doing what you want to do and then like having the nice relationship side of it as well. I'm going to not disagree, but I have a slightly different perspective, which is I think no, because I think if your single self is different from the person you're pretending to be in a relationship, there is something quite wrong with that. And it suggests there's something about her question that suggests we are not our authentic selves when we're in a relationship. And actually, I think I was guilty of doing that all through my 20s, whereby I kind of role-played the person that I thought you had to be to have a successful relationship. Um, And actually, now, you know, in my marriage, um, I am very authentically me. And so I'm the same person that I was when I was single. And I think what the reason our relationship works is because, and a lot of this I think was to do with my transition, was after 32 years of pretending to be a person I wasn't, I didn't have any energy left. And I really did sort of say to Max, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, fuck it. And look, luckily for me, Max was on board with the whole Juno experience. But I do think, I think if there is something different about the way you are when you're single and the way you are when you are with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I think there is potentially a problem there that needs addressing. Tommy, thoughts, feelings? That's truly so gorgeous. And I'm, I'm going to cry. That was, quite, that was, that was a little bit, <laughs> yeah. that was a level of deepness we don't often wow. visit on this podcast. <clears throat> Um, yeah. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I don't think you should have to leave your, you should be the same person. You sh- you are who you are, wherever you go, there you are. If you're this way in Boston, you're this way in Japan. Um, or I could play devil's advocate and say, you have to change yourself completely to be in a relationship. Otherwise you won't be happy. Um, being in a relationship means, um, just like hiding, deleting Facebook pictures, hiding who you were five years ago. Um, <laughs> being in a relationship means lying to yourself and lying to your partner and like watching Disney movies and par- trying to portray those characters for the rest of your life. But that is interesting. No? No, but is that I, know, right? I, think, okay. I think you are, might be onto something that I think you're onto something because no. also being in a relationship is work. So actually you do have to change right. yourself. You have, we've talked so much on this podcast about compromise. So actually yeah. we're all right. We are all three of no, us. Are I'm just kidding. Correct. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, if you, if you need to we're change gonna yourself edit to it. be, yeah. <laughs> if you so it don't, sounds yeah. like that's your advice. <laughs> that's my advice. Okay. I'm kidding. If you need to change yourself to be in a relationship, truly, like, I, I'm. I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you. Like, you need to find somebody who likes you, who you can fart yeah. in bed with, who doesn't yeah. mind, <laughs> doesn't mind when we poop a lot. People poop. And so if you can talk about that and be open with that, then you've, then you're in a place where you're comfortable. And isn't that being in a relationship is being comfortable? Isn't that what it's about? hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ex- absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's a lovely message on which to end, which is that is the best test tonight. If you're in a relationship, go home and talk about poop. And if that does not go down well, this is not a healthy relationship. It isn't healthy. If they if they don't say you need to eat more bananas and give you some suggestions onto why your poop is so dry, <laughs> then 
you need to seek uh, out elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tommy, I think we might have to be best friends from this point on. <laughs> um, so I've achieved something this hour. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you, Tommy. Where can we find you on social media? Is there anything you would like to plug? Um, there's some stuff happening. I don't know if I can talk about that right now. Um, but you can find me on Instagram, Tommy two underscores doe. I don't want to hear comments, but there's two underscores. I know it's 2021. People have no underscore. People have the one underscore. I've been to their house and, uh, they have a restraining order against me. So Tommy two underscores do is where you can find me. Awesome. And we are at S-I-G-T-T podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, next week, we will be watching season four, episode 15, which is... A change of address, <gasps> is it? Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, no! It's all going to go horribly wrong! Oh, no! Oh, my God, Charlotte's tap dancing, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Yes. Carrie, oh. Carrie oh. has... Gorgeous. Carrie gets Sad dress hives. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, oh. all that leaves us with is can we just say a big, big thank you to Tommy for joining us from across the Atlantic yeah, to be on our coming. podcast. You're our first American guest. Thank you so much. Thank you. We will see you next week when when it's time for that scene by that fountain. Until then, take care. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.